0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics, and it's 2024. Happy New Year. Happy Olympic Year. Happy college gymnastics season. Oh my God, happy Olympic Year. We didn't even mention that in the episode. Yeah, it's the Olympic Year. It's college gymnastics season already. Times are good. It's a great time to be alive week one of college gymnastics is in the books and boy do we have a lot to talk about in this episode we talk about lsu versus ohio state we talk a little bit about nc state versus georgia and of course we discuss all of the chaos of the super 16 gymnastics championships as well as a few other highlights from the weekend as well so let's get into it Okay, so we're back. We're back after our little two-week hiatus. Happy 2024. Yes, happy New Year, and also happy college gymnastics season. We just wrapped up week one of NCAA gymnastics season, and today we're going to be breaking down all of the action, at least the big things that happened from week one. I would say, to start, this was the most week one, week (laughs) one that we've seen in a long time. That's a good way to put it. Only four teams even cracked 197. Oklahoma being number one, obviously they almost went one nine eight. Then Utah, Mizzou, and Bama. Everybody else was under a one nine seven. That's which weird. I just feel like it's been a really long time since we've all been like humbled in this way. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> of like 2015, 2016, somewhere in that range. This was how the started the season was it would be like normal teams. it'd be normal to go like, going 197 was like a huge deal for any team i feel like during week one for the first couple of weeks honestly i feel like you don't really see the big scores or you, you didn't see the big scores until like maybe week three but as the years have gone on i feel like things have just gotten crazier and crazier it's like and we're you're starting out with teams going like high 197 yeah like... and like if you didn't get a mid 197 you're bad. <laughs> you right. Know? And now this year, it's like, we're kind of getting like... We're all being humbled. I like that you said that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's giving like 2015. Everybody was humbled this week, aside from Oklahoma. And Utah and Mizzou and Bama. I mean... They, I they I did good. Yeah, they, they did good for sure. I don't know what they're... Like what they opened the season with last year or the year before that. Or the we, year before that. We should look into that. Honestly, that'd be kind of... This was a pretty low weekend at least when you're looking at the past and the way teams have scored this was a lower scoring season opening week for a lot of teams yes most teams had to count at least one fall or they would have like just wildly inconsistent events like michigan or like msu so definitely not the strongest start for a majority of these teams, but it's only week one and the good news is this is the time that you want to make those mistakes. You want to try new people out in your lineups. They have lots of room to improve as we look into week two. So yeah. I feel like, you know, there's no better time than now to kind of get your like flop era out of the way. There's no better time to have a week one than week one. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes. And I think this is a good reminder for everybody that it's impossible to predict Anything that's going to happen during the season, whether it's injuries or people just not stepping up like you expect them to, like, so much can happen. Think of how the first, like, month and a half of LSU season went last year. So many injuries, a lot of losses. LSU was, you know, kind of looking like they weren't even going to make it to Nationals, and then they made it to the Final Four and finished fourth, so... And that's something that like we would have never predicted when week by week, people were going down. like We just never would have guessed. I thought it was going to be the worst season ever in LSU's history, and it wasn't. It might have felt like it in the midst of the season, especially if you're an LSU fan, but in the end, it it all worked out. I think it's just a good reminder that the first couple weeks of the season, sometimes it takes a little bit for teams to get into the groove. Really alarming things could happen in week one, and that is not necessarily, at this point in time, an indication of how any of this is going to... shake out for these teams like so much can happen as the weeks go on if some of these performances continue then we can talk then we might have a little bit of a problem but right now it's like it's week one who cares (laughs) (laughs) so much can change between now and the end of the season so, we're going to start with the first meet that we like kind of watched. It was Utah, Boise State. We really only watched the first two rotations of this. So, I can't really speak too much to how Utah looked. We started getting distracted by Super 16. And I think there was one other meet that was going on at that time as well. So, I was like half paying attention to Utah. So, we'll give you the scores. Utah came out on top with a 1973. That's the second highest score in the nation currently behind Oklahoma. And Boise State came away with a 19435. The only really notable thing that happened happened. happened in this meet was Miley O'Keefe getting a 10 on beam the very first 10 of the 2024 season which is super exciting personally I I probably would have gone 995 for that routine just because I feel like she had the slightest little bobble on her turn not even a bobble it was like slightly overturned it was very slightly it wasn't like her usual perfect I've seen her do just a little bit better so it was a 995 routine but it went 10 let the season commence (laughs) yeah (laughs) That's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. (laughs) What a way to start. But like I said, Utah currently ranked second in the nation. Not a bad way for them to start, especially with the way their preseason went. Mm -hmm. I think for them to show up and be the second best team in the nation at this point in time, I think is telling for what their season could look like if they keep things rolling. Oh, for sure. And just knowing everything that that program went through in the preseason and in the season, I think some people may have expected them to come out and look really, really rough, especially the first couple of weeks. And they really didn't, in my opinion, at least from what we saw. Like, they looked, they they looked pretty good. They weren't, like, amazing by any means. But it's also, like we just said, week one. So I mm-hmm. think for week one standards... Utah looked great. Also, I want to mention from Boise State, Adriana Pops vault. She does a front handspring front pike half. She absolutely drilled it. And she only oh got a nine-a, which I think is criminal. Yeah. The biggest owl in college gymnastics the entire weekend. Truly, I watched it so many times and I don't know where where the judges took two tenths in deductions. Like, maybe you could say like a little bit of chest, but like that's kind of being picky in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, I think mean, compared I mean, to, I'm not saying it's a ten, but like no, no, nine no. nine for sure. Yeah, like or at least even like a nine eight five. Like nine eight just felt like extremely brutal for how really well done that vault was. So, yeah, that was it was rude. It was rude to go nine eight for that. <laughs> justice for Adriana Pop. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the other me that we were distracted it, by. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I knew there was another one. That was LSU versus Ohio State. The results from that meet were LSU coming out on top with a 196-975, and Ohio State not too far behind with a one nine six seven seven five. I think way too tense. Yeah, I think this meet was a lot closer than people expected it to be going in. But Ohio State is one of those teams that you can't count out. You know, we I think we were just talking about this, and I don't remember if it was uh, for the podcast or not. But I remember talking about Ohio State and just the potential of that team. We we did preview Ohio State. Yeah, it was the Last episode we did. Okay, yeah. We were talking <laughs> about like how they did at regionals and like, they're just the kind of team that you can never count out. And if you're slightly off, they're gonna like come for your throat. And I think that's what happened here. Like LSU was, you know, like most teams during week one, they were a little bit sloppy, a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes that, you know, we're not going to be seen likely as the season goes on. But Because of those mistakes, they kind of opened the door for Ohio State to come in and take the lead. Going into the last rotation, Ohio State had the lead, and they had a little bit of a cushion, just under three-tenths. They were going to beam, and LSU was going to floor. And I figured what ended up happening was going to happen, where... You know, you kind of start to see the judges going to work on LSU's behalf. And I, I'm i not saying that LSU didn't deserve to win. Honestly, I'd have to go back and, like, rescore the meet. I and mean, that'd be super interesting to do. Yeah, To actually. see, like, who we actually have on top. We should, because I feel like I scoring was a little bit – it was not consistent from team to team. Right. Like, you're either taking the deductions or you're not taking the deductions. It's either going to be a really loose meet in terms of scoring or it's going to be a really harsh meet. But, like, you have to be consistent. Between the two teams. You gotta keep the same energy. Yeah. And I feel like I'm Beam in particular, which... We're kind of getting ahead, but I feel like on Beam in particular, that's where I really noticed it. Ohio State was ending on Beam. Yeah. And I felt like they were scoring roughly the same as some of LSU's Beam routines that had significant wobbles, but their routines didn't have wobbles. An example that comes to mind just offhand Alexis Jeffrey had like a really big wobble. Mm-hmm. She scored a 9.775, which is, I would say, a pretty accurate score. But where it's not accurate is that the leadoff for Ohio State, Emma Pritchard, went up and did a routine with No wobbles. Like, again, kind of like we said with Adriana Pop. I'm not saying that it was a perfect routine. I'm not saying that there weren't deductions. But for her to go up and hit a routine, stick the dismount, and get a 9-8, which is basically the same score that the judges gave Alexis Jeffrey when she had a massive wobble with her chest down. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I'm talking about, where it's like... And even on floor, we saw the same thing. Like, I'm thinking of Aaliyah Finnegan, under-rotated her first pass, the Arabian double front, somehow still got a 9-9 for that routine. And then Ohio State, they were, I mean, again, sure, like, there's deductions. We're not saying they're perfect routines, but, like, they had just as good... If not better. Like, they they were hitting a little bit better, in my opinion, than LSU was. But they were going in, like, the 9-8 range for hit routines, for their floor routines. Yeah. So, I feel like it wasn't consistent, I guess, between the two teams, which is always frustrating. And that's something that we talk about every year. Mm-hmm. So, I, I do think it would be interesting, actually, to go back and score that meet. I don't know if we have the time, necessarily, to do it. We might be able <laughs> no. to find the time. I think that would be kind of fun. It would be, because I'm really just curious. Maybe like... we'll do that for our gold-level Patreon supporters. Ooh. Ooh, okay stay tuned we probably will do that because <laughs> like, think that'd be fun I, yeah. I, I want to see let's like... do that let's do that tonight okay I'm down to she's do it she's making a plan <laughs> Brittany's like we don't have time and I'm like we're gonna find time I tonight have, like, I have like a mental checklist of all the things I have to do in my head today and I'm like we need to get this podcast on because I have like a million things I have to do and you're like Let's rejudge judge an entire meet. We don't have to actually do it tonight, but I think we should do it at some point because I think that would be interesting. And we can report our findings if we do it, maybe in our next episode. But there were some highlights of this LSU meet For sure. Want to give a shout out to the freshie Amari Drayton. She looked fantastic. I was so, so impressed. Stalker Yurchenko, one and a half, which is a new vault for her. Yeah. A 9925 and then on floor was put in last minute. She took the place of Kaya Johnson, yeah, and also got a 9925. So I'm like, and okay, hi, girl. I don't, I don't know why they didn't have her in the lineup to begin with. Like, to the lineup, like maybe she was inconsistent in practice this week, but I saw that routine and also given what she did at was it is it Gym 101? Is that what theirs is called? Yeah, Gym 101. I'm like, why was she not in this lineup to begin with? I <laughs> will say the common thread from my notes here. From the whole week, regardless of what competition, is it was very much WTF like where, are these lineups? Yeah, like where is X? Like where is fill in the blank? <laughs> like <laughs> there was just so many things about the lineups for every team that I just didn't understand. Choices were made for sure. Yeah, and here's the thing: like obviously, I I trust the coaching staff of every program. They Do see. We? <laughs> my point is... I'm is like, like, wait, do we? That's not a shaded i LSU. I'm, there's actually another team in my mind, but I'm like, do we? Okay, my point is, is like, the coaches make decisions for a reason, right. I would think. Like, they see these athletes in and out in the gym. Either someone has an illness, someone's dealing with a slight injury, someone is really inconsistent. So as much as we want to see a certain person or, you know, we think based off of how they performed as a level 10 or what we think their scoring potential could be, there's obviously some reason why all these coaches were making the choices they were making. There's obviously some reason why Jay Clark has Kaya Johnson trying to do the all-around in week one after she tore her Achilles (laughs) last season and has been injured for a big chunk of her career. There's definitely choices that were made. Oosh. I'm sorry. She's spilling tea. I I have to say it. I I don't understand. When he said it to us on the podcast event, I was Mm -hmm. like, I kind of like questioned him in that moment. Like, so... Like, is she expected to do all around right away? Is she going to be doing all around this season? I thought for sure they were going to ease her into uh, it. She was doing, like... I mean, they ended up pulling her out of floor, but... Yeah, she had she a was, leg cramp on beam, which is not anything, like, serious. That's probably a And that was common... a smart decision that they took her out of floor, but... Totally. I'm just surprised at this point in the season she's... Why that are you she's... not using your really talented freshman, Amari and out the gate? Why was it even a thought in your head to have Kaya Well, and especially at a meet like this. It's not like one of your SEC conference meets that's gonna affect whether or not you win the regular season title. It's not you know, it's a team that you can be. Like it's not a team that it's not Oklahoma. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Ohio State is a team that L S U can be confident that they have the ability to be. They don't need their like a hundred percent fully stacked lineups to be. No, done. I was surprised that Kaya was even doing the double on vault. Like, I wouldn't have her if I was the coach. I don't think I'd have her vaulting at this point in the season. And no. if I did, I would be like do a full. Like we saw a lot of teams doing that, and we'll get into what when we talk about like the other teams this week. But there was a lot of athletes that are capable and and regularly do, or they competed one and a half when they were level tens even. But they were doing fulls this week, and like I think in. that's right. the smart strategy. It's just like a week one thing, you know. Um, and LSU came out the gate with like all their difficulty, and you know maybe that's the part of their strategy. I guess it Oklahoma is. does too, but well, because in the press conference um that jay does before like going into every week he does a, a press conference which i love by the way i, I love jay clark's press conferences they're mm-hmm. like my favorite thing every week i'm not even kidding we I appreciate love to him so yeah like, we we appreciate his openness like he's the kind of guy that will answer any question that's thrown to him he'll be 100 transparent yep. open like there's no secrets kept at lsu well i'm sure there are but <laughs> for the most part like no i, I like he's not I afraid to like answer the question if i was a person in louisiana working as media that me i could have asked him about that decision and he would have absolutely answered it. And like he wouldn't have been shady. Like I think he would just be genuine in his response and what his logic was, even if we don't agree with it. So like yeah. I do respect that hundred percent about Jay Clark. But I just I have to say that I was a little surprised. And I was hoping that it wasn't gonna be them using like their big people, like Aaliyah and Haley and Kaya in the all-around right off the bat, which Aaliyah didn't do bars, but like, she was only supposed to be doing, he said beam and maybe floor, and then somehow mm-hmm. she ended up vaulting, probably yeah. because Alona Shunakova is injured. I was just going to mention that. I feel like we should, like, take a pause for a second and just mention that Alona was seen on a scooter with a really, with a, a sizable boot. Um, and it then, wasn't even a boot, was it? Wasn't it just, like, some weird cast type thing? Oh, maybe. I'm just calling it a boot. Okay. To be fair, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I'm not good with, like, what's a cast? What's a sling? What's a boot? A boot is, like... Usually black, and it looks like an UGG boot, a black UGG boot, and then a cast is like usually white, and kind of looks like me chunky and okay. I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I can see it now. She had a cast on. The point is, she was on a scooter. She's injured clearly. Um, and then Jay said after the meet in the press conference that she's out for the foreseeable future. So that's unfortunate for LSU already first meet of the season to lose, you know, one of their potential all-arounders. Which is why I think it's even more important that these people that are fifth years, the people that have had a history with injuries, um, the people that have competed a lot in their career, they have the depth on their team this year yeah. to rest all of their top athletes quite frequently this season and it's not the end of the world right now because they do have um, unlike last season they do have the depth right now to replace where alona was in the lineup so it's like not the end of the world oh it's totally not the end of the world but i i think maybe there's some like slight red flags going off in my head i'm just nervous given the history of a lot of these athletes Mm -hmm. at lsu and and how they manage and i guess maybe pace is what i'm trying to say some of their athletes throughout the season I think I just feel, like, slightly nervous about it. I do, too. Yeah. I, I worry about Kimmy Hall. I worry about Kaya Johnson. I worry about... I mean, Jillian Hoffman has already been dealing with an injury. Um, There's somebody else that I worry about. Well, Lena Arenas is nursing, like, a back. She is. on her way back. But there's somebody... Oh, KJ Johnson. Did I say KJ Johnson already? Yeah, she posted something about, like, getting an MRI done, but then she was competing in bone floor. So I don't yeah, know. But- she must be fine. <laughs> she, was, while- she, she competed on a broken foot last year. <laughs> so we never know, I guess. Like, but I, I'm with you. I I would be lying if I said that I wasn't, like, a little bit nervous just thinking about that. Like, they have the talent. They have the depth. But they got to be please, smart about it. Please keep them healthy. And I don't know if I finished my thought. I was talking about the press conference that mm-hmm. Jay does. Yeah. And why I brought that up was because he said in that that their goal was to, like, come out the gate strong. Like, I think that their intention was to make a statement and come on strong and be right up there with a team like Oklahoma right out the gate yeah well he said he was comparing it to last year and he said that they didn't have falls they were at Utah last year they didn't have falls but they also didn't have like a super clean meet like they had mistakes they had wobbles and there was errors and I think they were wanting to be better than that to open the season this year which and, is fair and I don't know that they I don't know that they met that goal. They, they should still be proud of how they performed. I think there was some adversity. They overcame it in the end. They still came out with the win. Yeah, totally. They bounced back on floor really great. Yeah, right. yeah. So um, they counted a fall on beam. But Sierra Ballard, speaking of bouncing back on floor, goes to floor and has... Not only is she a phenomenal performer, but... Her tumbling is just so good. She's so consistent. And you said that you felt that was the best double layout she'd ever done. And it was. Mm-hmm. I It's so improved from last season. I think that Sierra is one of those people that with all the depth and talent that LSU has on their team, you know, you question if someone like Sierra Ballard is going to stay in that floor lineup. And I think she made a really strong case with that floor for yeah. why she should remain that leadoff. You can even argue maybe moving her back in the lineup. I think she would score. Yeah. She has potential to get a 10 if she was further back in that lineup. And obviously we know that you can get a 10 anywhere. Like, we've seen that happen. Not often, but it does happen. I think that, like... She would have a little bit higher chance, higher likelihood of scoring higher she was later in the lineup. But she makes a phenomenal leadoff with her consistency rate. Yeah. And just the improvements in her tumbling. It was just... I noticed it right off the bat. Like you said, the second she did that double layout, I was like, wow, that she looks good. Yeah. I was proud of her the way she bounced back from not a good beam routine to one of the best floor routines we've ever seen her do, maybe. Yeah. So. And then Connor McClain, she was in a tough spot on beam because Sierra Ballard fell and then somebody else who I'm not remembering. Well, Alexis Jeffrey had the big wobble in the leadoff spot on beam. <gasps> That's what it was. Then Sierra had a fall and then Connor went up. And in my opinion, Connor looked really nervous. I don't know if she was or not, but it was just something about the look on her face. It reminded me of like Elite Connor. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't as bad as Elite Connor. Like, to my knowledge, there was no like throwing up before beam or looking like you're absolutely terrified. But she did look a little bit nervous. And she's doing one of the most difficult beating routines in all of NCAA Gymnastics with her series, that, that yeah. two-foot layout series that she does. And you could just see it. You could see it right when she was going into the skill. You could see it while she was doing the skill that she was just off on it. And I did kind of wonder how that series was going to translate to college. Because an elite, you know, I mean, sure, you, you still want to be perfect, right? But You don't have to be as perfect. College is literally about perfection. Like, if you cannot nail that, like, if your hit rate is not... At least ninety percent. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing because if you land that, and granted, Connor is pretty consistent with that two foot. She nailed layout. it at Gym One Hundred and One. Did she not? She did. So like, but she's capable. It's just one of those skills that I feel like it's hard to do well. And Connor does do it very well. Like, don't take this the wrong way. I'm, I'm Connor. I love that skill, and I don't but... want her to take it out because we see. So many people doing like the same skills, same routines, and it's different. I like that she's going for the difficulty. But because of the way college gymnastics is and the way that the code is set up Risk versus reward. Right. There really is no reward for the difficulty, and I I do feel like that series is a little bit of a risk for college, but we'll see. We'll see if she keeps it, and if she does, we'll see how it goes. I hope she makes you eat your words. I hope she keeps it, and I hope that it is amazing. I hope so, too. Honestly. like I'm not saying this coming from a place of, like, this is what I want to happen. Like I I want her to keep that skill. I love the skill. I want Connor to thrive, Um, and I hope she does. I hope she settles in. You know? Um... She will. I think that she's going to be an absolute star. I think LSU is absolutely the right environment for her. She already seems so much happier and more relaxed and I think that like to see that so early on in her college career I think just speaks volumes to the culture that they have and I really really think that the more time that she spends there in that environment She's gonna loosen up. She's gonna come into her own. I think her gymnastics is gonna improve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like really, really great things are ahead for Connor. No matter what she decides, whether it's the elite path, staying at LSU, I hope that if she does go for elite, that she does so with LSU. I think that that would be a really positive thing for her and her gymnastics. So, either way, I'm just so excited to see what she does this season and beyond. And then also want to mention Haley Bryant. Haley doing Haley things. The top all-arounder in the country after week one, which is not a surprise to Not a, a surprise to anybody It shouldn't be. <laughs> she scored a 39 So she looked amazing, and it's going to be another great season for her. And as a team, I should also mention that LSU is ranked number one in the nation on vault floor. So shout out to them for that. I think the LSU, they're in a good place right now. Could it be better? Could it be worse? Yeah, they're fifth in the nation. Like, that's pretty solid and i think they have areas they can improve and i think that it's just going to be building off of this performance from week one which i think they're in they're in a good spot right now yeah okay so moving on to perhaps the biggest event of the weekend which was the super 16 the mean girls gymnastics championships because it was sponsored by this new mean girls movie that's apparently coming out yeah. <laughs> they were really pushing down our throats <laughs> during well, they the they probably got paid a lot of money <laughs> to mention it. Like, you they, know, they better off because they mentioned it a lot. With them sponsoring it, Like I'm sure that was the big... <laughs> it was the main moneymaker for that entire weekend because we know the ticket sales didn't do it. <laughs> Right. So I don't know where we want to start with this. Do we want to start by talking about the broadcast? Or... We can. I have to scroll down because I have it down here. So let me go down to my notes. So I'm sure we don't even have to like preface this. Everyone is well aware, I'm sure, but... Dee Bro, the former head coach of LSU, was commentating, and then Jess Grayba, who is the brother of Jeff Grayba, who's the head coach of Auburn. So this is Elite Grayba, not yeah. college. This Grayba? is Suni Lee's coach. Um, so they were doing the commentary, and then on the second day of competition, Jordan Childs got added to the mix. And it was... Which she's a queen. I think she carried the entire <laughs> She She carried the entire operation. She did great. Yeah, for sure. It was just a lot. <laughs> so are we talking about the broadcast first? or you want to talk about just like the me as a whole? Because I think um, it was a shit show in like every sense of the word. I agree. Like I think in, as far as like the teams and g- the gymnastics that was put out there, for the most part, I think everybody struggled. I think that the way this event was put together was chaotic like, we didn't get streaming information until the day before. The commentators weren't notified that they were commentating until two like, days before. Yeah. Tickets for the meet didn't go on sale until, like, a week before, I'm pretty sure. Um, You said that the photographers didn't get, like... Yeah, there was just, like, no information on all ends. And it felt like anytime anyone was asking, they just weren't getting anything back. Whether it was, like, information for, like, where do I go when I get into the arena, you know, as a photographer, or... If it was a team saying, hey, our fans are asking if this is being broadcasted, they were either getting ignored or they were getting, like, very vague responses that wasn't directly answering the question. And so I think think, it was just frustrating for everybody. And you would think for it being the second year that they've done this meet, Mm -hmm. they would have been more More prepared. put together. And it was just... Because they did (laughs) last year. Last year they had... It was on Big Ten Network and it was known it was going to be on big 10 network like it wasn't public yet so like the gym turnout was wondering like is this meet going to be streamed and like the team the people knew. in the inner circle knew that it was going to be on big 10 network they just weren't saying it yet which is kind of like for what? Like what? Right. <laughs> Why not just I mean, I think maybe just making sure that it actually goes through. Like maybe they don't want to promise that it's going to be on TV, but then to have it fall through last minute. I don't know. I mean, fair. Sure. But this time around, we were nervous because we had no information as to like if it was actually going to be streamed or not, because genuinely, nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> knew. Like the head coaches of these teams, the SIDs of these teams, like Nobody knew if there was going to be a stream or not. And then it's the day before the competition. And then finally, they announced that there's going to be a stream on YouTube, which I'm glad about. I'm glad that it was on YouTube because it's obviously free, it's accessible to everybody. So, like, that part of it, I appreciate. And they, they had some attempts at doing, like, a split screen. So the cool thing about this meet and, and all quad meets going forward is, like, regionals and NCAA championships, they're going to be doing two events at a time to allow for broadcasts to be able to show more routines. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's helpful for the fans in the arena because when you're at a quad meet, it's very difficult to truly process what's happening when you're watching four teams going at the same time and you're trying to pay attention, pay, trying to pay attention to scores and right. It's like did somebody wobble. I don't Trinity know. Trinity Thomas, Trinity Thomas is on floor, Haley Bryant's going on vault, Grace McCallum's going on beam, Jordan Childs is on bars. Like who do you watch? <laughs> right. And it can be really chaotic. So I do like this new format that they're using where, you know, they have vault and bars starting and then after they finish beam and floor go and they kind of alternate like that no I agree I think that's great I think that helped us to see more routines yep you're gonna see a lot more that way there were still some routines that we ended up missing just because the cameras would be like showing people hugging instead of the music is playing on floor instead of going to the person that's on floor They're like we're not gonna show you Naya Reed on floor we're gonna show you us sitting here in the broadcast area talking and then on the other split screen we're gonna show you Alabama standing there or Cal with their bear head and it's like there's some Somebody going on floor, as in Caitlyn Rosen, and she's exhibitioning. No, Caitlyn Rosen too. Well, both. Yeah, I'm saying both. She was exhibitioning, and we missed like majority of her routine because we were watching other stuff. And I'm like, anyways, (laughs) that was honestly the least of the problem. I feel like my (laughs) bigger problem was the talking over each other. I felt like I was losing my mind watching that meet. It was really hard to focus. It was really overwhelming. Yeah. To have, well, it started out with just Dee Dee and Jess talking over each other but then you got jordan in the mix and bless jordan like it's not her fault she's never done this before like she probably wasn't prepped to do this so like <laughs> you have three people in a booth all talking over each other all talking about different things also yeah. they are not just talking over each other about the same routine like someone will be going on floor and Didi will be like oh look at that nice double layout and then jess will interrupt and be like and that was a great vault. <laughs> (laughs) And it's just like, it's all at the same time. And I'm like, do they think that we can pick and choose who we're listening to? No, you end up not hearing anything because they're both literally talking over each other 90% of the time. Yeah. It was extremely overwhelming. Afterwards, I was like, I'm so glad this meet is done. I just can't (laughs) with this meet on like all fronts. This is what it's like to have ADHD in your (laughs) (laughs) head. This is like an ADHD brain is the super 16 meet. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And as far as the commentary, like... There was definitely some lack of knowledge, spreading of misinformation. They were talking about how, or it's Dede actually was talking about how you can't exhibition routines during the regular season. And we're like, did you not coach a team for like 20 plus years? Well, it's like, why? Yeah. Like, why are you saying that? Like, that's so not true. That's never been true. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I didn't know where she got them from, and then also the vault lines. She didn't know that either. Well, she, like, granted, Chloe... Those those weren't a thing during her time, but still, she but she, she follows manages. the sport. She's always in the stands at LSU's meets. Like how does and she then not... she's like asking Jordan, like, where did you see those lines? And Jordan's like, um, <laughs> right in front of my eyes. Yeah. So, and again, I know they are not like professional commentators. This is not their full time gigs. They also didn't have a lot of time to prep for this. In their defense. So, like, when we commentate, we spend a solid week or at least a couple of days leading up, like, reviewing everything and prepping notes about the teams and name pronunciations and changes to the code and, you know, things like that. Like, any changes that have been made since the last mm-hmm. season. And I will give them the benefit of the doubt on that because they probably didn't have time to do that with how short notice it was for this broadcast. But I also think with them both being coaches, Dee at the college level and Jess at the elite level, who, you know, a lot of his athletes are currently in college or were recently in college, you would think that they would just have more knowledge, I guess. So that was kind of like, yeah, (laughs) slightly surprising to me. And then also Dee just saying stuff that was like, inappropriate really ignorant yeah like she said something about mj on floor she said that her floor she, she looks cho- exotic or something yeah she said that her floor choreography was exotic like her um, and she also said something about Jordan not eating popcorn uh, because she's training for the Olympics. And then just like, agreed with it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. She shouldn't. And that's just really concerning, obviously, given what we know about athletes struggling with eating disorders and also body just, image. It's just also completely false. Like, popcorn is one of the healthiest don't, snacks you could have. It is. Right. And, like, sure, you can douse it with butter, like movie theater butter, and make it not healthy. But, like... Popcorn is a healthy snack. And also, like, gymnasts are also allowed to eat things from time to time that aren't healthy. Like, right. Can, like, can we Jordan stop? could have ice cream if she wanted, and it would still be fine. So, like, right. I really wish that these people who are given these, like, larger platforms would use it as an opportunity to, like help change that narrative and not spread information that is just completely false. Did you see the clap back though? I did. (laughs) I thought it was photoshopped. So Jordan posted a photo on her Instagram story of her sitting in the stands with popcorn. Which is iconic. And what did she say on it? She said, like, she said something about, like, it's all in good fun. I mean, that was, those weren't her exact words, but that was the sentiment of what she was saying. Classy response because I would have sat there on that broadcast eating popcorn in front of him (laughs) the entire time. Right. I would have too. Like, that's the kind of, that's the level of petty that I aspire to be. (laughs) Okay. So moving on to the actual competition. Um, the meat as a whole, I feel like the scoring got a little bit looser on the second day of competition, but overall I feel like this meet was kind of judged like a level 10 meet. It was pretty accurate actually. That's the sad thing. Like this was probably the most accurate give or take a couple routines that were like overscored or underscored. Like for the most part, I think scoring was relatively consistent across the sessions. And I also think that like, in terms of the actual deductions and what there is to take. A lot of these routines were actually scored properly, but I think it feels low Mm -hmm. in comparison to what happens around the country and what Mm -hmm. we're used to seeing. Right. It might be more accurate, and that's fair. But not really consistent with NCAA scoring as a whole. Historically, the way it's been, the way it goes across the country, what even just this weekend, the way other teams were being scored that weren't at this competition. So like, and that's why it feels low. So as we talk about this meet and we're talking about like low scoring, it's not that we're saying that the meet wasn't judged accurately because it probably actually was. Like these judges are just taking every possible deduction that there is, but that's the problem is that in college gymnastics, like we don't do that here you know what I mean like we sometimes we blatantly ignored like obvious deductions yeah and these judges were taking every little deduction you know if your leg was slightly bent your legs weren't completely 180 if your foot was slightly flexed but you know what though like we can't be mad about it this is what we've been wanting we've been asking for this and so like we just need other judges which is not going to happen but we need other judges to also get on board with this you know like this is technically Every podcast during the college gymnastics season, this is what we're asking for. We're asking for all the deductions to be taken and let the best team at the end of the day come out on top. But that's the fear. Like, you can judge like that at one meet, but are we going to judge like that across the whole country? And are we going to do that all season? I mean, no. I have my answer and it's no. Yeah, this meet was like... Routines that were great, and, and like I said, it, got, it did get better as it went on, but especially that first day of competition, it felt like routines that were – amazing were scored like good routines routines that were good were scored, or routines that were great were scored like good routines routines that were good were scored like average routines or bad routines and then bad routines were like terrible yeah which is why you look at some of these scores and you're like did this person like fall and it's like no they didn't fall they just had like a wobbly routine right like if you (laughs) if you wobbled on several scales you were definitely going nine five yeah you know, it's just, it was very strict for what we're used to in college gymnastics. So, um, I guess for all of the teams that were at this meet, which was majority of the teams that competed this weekend, something to keep in mind, you know, as the season goes on, they're not going to be competing with those same judges that are judging the meet. Like it's a level 10 competition. So the scoring potential of uh, for honestly, all of the teams that competed at the super 16 well, is going to be go up By like a couple tens. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Session one, we didn't watch. It was Friday afternoon. We hadn't, we were still working and wrapping up things and we didn't, I watched, like highlights here and there I would like look at it tune in for a second and then had to go back to what I was doing but I um, want to give the scores from that one so Denver came out on top with a 196-825. pretty solid score especially for the first meet of the season. Illinois was second with a 195725 Washington was third with a 195 flat and then San Jose State was fourth with a 194950. Moving into session two which is the first one that we like really fully watched and paid attention to. And it was one of the bigger ones because it had four top 10 teams in Oklahoma, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Michigan. And that was the order that I just read was the order of the final results. So Oklahoma came out on top. No surprises there. 197850, the only team in the whole weekend, regardless of competition, that was even close to getting near the 198 range. And I think the fact that they scored that high, even in comparison to Kentucky, MSU, and Michigan, I think speaks to how well executed and prepared Oklahoma was. Mm-hmm. Because, like we just mentioned in our little spiel, this was not the highest scoring me. Scoring was like fair. Yeah. So when they got a nine nine, it's because they earned that nine nine. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Routines that were like you would think typically are nine one nine nine worthy were going like nine eight five at least. Yeah. So like, <laughs> shout out to Oklahoma because yeah. they were in arguably one of the toughest scored sessions of that entire competition, and they scored almost a one nine eight. Yeah. What? So they earned it. One nine seven eight five zero. Um, Kentucky was second. They put up a one nine six seven seven five. Michigan State was third with a 1963. And then the University of Michigan was fourth with a 195875. Ouch, that one hurt. We'll get into it. So let's start maybe with Oklahoma at the top and we'll talk thoughts and highlights. Okay. And then we'll kind of go down and. I mean, Fuck whatever, bun. so we kind of already said this, but Oklahoma—they looked as good as ever, Honestly, unfazed as always. It's their world, and we're all just living in it. That's <laughs> what I felt like watching that. I was like, everybody is struggling, and Oklahoma looks like they're ready to win the national title. Yeah, already they look. Good. And I have no concerns about their ability to stay healthy. I have no concerns about their ability to pace themselves. Like, I think they're just going to get better and better. <laughs> like the hops, the steps, those are going to become sticks. Yep, and I think. <laughs> We might see some changes in the lineup, like Danny Seavers is going to get back in there. Oh, my God. And it's the fact that even if someone did get injured, it's the fact that they have someone immediately able to step in and get the same exact scores. It's actually terrifying. Yeah. So I don't even have anything to say. I'm just like, yep, you're right. It is terrifying. They are leaps and bounds ahead of the entire field, like I said, in terms of execution and consistency right out the gate. No team came out looking as prepared as they did. So they look to be in postseason shape. And as Didi would say, go Boomer. Yeah, go Boomer. It's Boomer sooner. Like, I feel like anybody who watches gymnastics knows that. I thought that was so funny. If, just to be – I wish I could be in KJ's head when Didi said that. Honestly, it reminds me uh, – I'm sure we've said this on the podcast at some point. It reminds me of when last season Michigan State beat Michigan. Yeah. And we went over to the Michigan State coaches to congratulate them afterwards. And Nicole, the assistant coach, was like, go green. And you're supposed to say, go white. But she said, go green. And I was like, go green. And, and then she was like, that is not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> well, and it's because Michigan, you say, go blue. And then the person responds, go blue. Right. So you were thinking it was like that. And I knew. I was so, I was mortified for you when you did that. I think I knew when it came out of my mouth that it wasn't right, but I, I was already like, I dug the hole already. <laughs> but we got a good laugh out of it. She was laughing. So. All in good fun. Um, but Oklahoma, I mean, I was happy to see some of the freshmen being utilized. Hannah Shibley only did vault, but. It was phenomenal. She got a 9-9. Nine nine. Yeah, her front hands being front pike half. Stuck it. We warned you guys. When we did our Oklahoma preview, we warned you guys that she always sticks that ball or she gets very close to sticking it and she she proved us right. Like so clockwork. I will say I'm a little surprised to not see her even just exhibitioning in more spots. Like yeah. I, I thought that her floor would also strongly contend for a lineup spot. I have a list and I'll wait until we get through like everything that we have to get through here before I say it. But I started to make a list of all of the people. The note in my phone is where are the freshmen? Where have the freshmen gone? If you watch Dance Moms, like, where have all the children gone? But it's where have all the freshmen gone? And it's just... Maybe, that's what we can name the episode. <laughs> that's a good name! We were tra- We were coming... We were driving in the car, guys, trying to come up with a name for this podcast that was, like, clever. I think we've just nailed it. Because last year we did... Honestly, I wanted to do What Happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but we did that last year. And I hate the fact that we did it last year because I feel it more now. Like, I really <laughs> want to leave everything that happened in Vegas... <laughs> in Vegas on everyone's behalf. Like, let's not, let's just forget this happened. You know what I mean? But like, we already did that. So maybe we will do Where Have All the Freshmen Gone. Do you think people will get it? Um, I think a lot. I think a lot of people will. Because I think a lot of people watch Dance Moms. All right. will we'll, we'll maybe go with that one. We'll see. And now, either way, they're going to get it because we're talking about it now. So. <laughs> all right. So maybe that is it. But anyways, we'll, I'll, I'll read my list when we're done. But there was, again, I said it at the top, the theme of the entire weekend was just like, me expecting freshman like, for sure. Like, I would place money. I would place a bet that this ex-freshman would be in X lineup. We were so confident. And, and then so many... There were so many people that weren't doing what I expected them to do. And I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. And that's one of them. I, I think Hannah, for sure, on floor. Um, I didn't think beam or bars she would. Like, it was mostly just vault and floor for her that I was like, she has a pretty good chance. Yeah. But, I mean, at least she nailed her vault, so I imagine that she will continue to hopefully stay in that lineup. It was a good weekend for the front hand front pike half girlies. It was. Actually let me check because last I looked, um they were all of the vault rankings were front hand front pike calf. The judges said if you don't do a front hand front pike half, you're not getting a nine nine. Oh, okay, so it's not anymore. But Sage Kellerman is queen leading vault. We'll talk about that in a second. She does a front hand front pike half. Um second, Mackenzie Bolson from Kentucky does a front hand front pike half. She got a nine nine five. Haley Bryant is tied for second with her. Suki Fister from Ball State got a nine nine two five. Period. Um, who else? There was somebody else that did one. Either way, like well, Magnally and Patterson do from Kentucky, but they didn't do No, what I'm saying though is like In the top of the rankings. At one point in time, the top three or four vaulters in the nation before the last session happened at Super Sixteen was all front hands being front by cap really, <laughs> So I'm that. like, they slayed this week. <laughs> Team front hands being front pike calf. Yeah, we love it. Um, but speaking of freshmen and people doing what you didn't expect them to do, I wasn't really expecting Kira Wells to be in the beam lineup. She did vault and beam. Beam vault we knew for sure. Like oh, vault, she's amazing on vault. Yeah, we we knew vault was locked in. She got a nine eight five on vault, but she was in beam as well, and she got a nine eight two five, and she looked really great there. Yeah, so. I'm hoping that she stays in that lineup. I would. We have her on a couple fantasy teams, so. I would love that. I was not expecting to get a beamer out of... No, I I, I picked her as a vaulter. And, you know, I didn't put her in any beam lineups this week, but I might consider it going forward. I think going back to bars, Oklahoma looked nearly flawless on that event got a forty nine six two five. happy to see Danny Sievers. you mentioned yep. she was in a boo a couple weeks ago and we were all really nervous about you know how severe her injury was but she did bars here and she yeah 99 not severe not severe enough for her to nail a bar routine yeah and granted usually with leg injuries bars is the first event you see back anyways but I think that is a really good sign that we'll see her in more lineups to come mm-hmm. um, hopefully soon so like I said bars was amazing honestly it's hard to pick a highlight because every. Everybody was a highlight like a 49 is like we said postseason ready on yeah. bars faith torres and reagan smith they won the event on beam with a 995 they looked amazing on that event as well and then the other highlight for me with oklahoma was kat LaVasser doing the all-around yeah she finally made her all-around debut she got a 39-4 which is a great score yeah. um really 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 happy to see that she was given that chance to go on floor because that's the one event that we hadn't seen her on in her college career at all right? and she slayed yeah she no at all yeah. I don't I can't speak for exhibitions because I don't watch I haven't been able to watch every single Oklahoma meet in the past. Yeah. But for sure she hadn't been in the lineup. So this was a very exciting moment. So I'd love to see it. Moving on to Kentucky. I thought they looked good. You know, they had some mistakes from people that are normally pretty solid and big scores in their lineups, like Ariana Patterson, she had a fall on beam. Um, Magnelli had some wobbles in her beam routine. And again, like we mentioned, if you wobbled on beam, you got like a nine five. Yeah. Or like a nine so, six. So she got a nine seven, so it wasn't like catastrophic, but um with you know, between th- those two on beam and then both of them on vault as well. They're normally like nine nine plus girlies. Um, but they were going like on vault, they both went nine eight. <laughs> which, which isn't bad but it's like no, but it's just it's not, not what usual. they normally do right um but really i think that as a team Kentucky did really well. They couldn't have asked for a better start. They were actually tied with Oklahoma after the first event. So they started on bars, ran a whirly, got a nine nine seven five. So thanks in large part to that. But they looked amazing on that event. Cadence Gormley, the freshman, she got a nine nine two five in the exhibition spot. Another Where are the freshmen? Like I mean, I'm glad she exhibitioned at least, and her putting up a nine nine two five affirms to me that she is going to be in that lineup. Yeah. I think so. she has to be. Like there's there's no other option. I think with it being a freshman, your first week, um, you know, if you're not 100% leading up to the competition in practice, you know, a, a coach might feel that they want to put you either not in at all or in an exhibition spot to take the pressure off. But I think she proved that she's good. She's fine. She came fine. through. So look for her to be in the bar lineup, I would imagine, next week. I would be... We're riding if she's not, honestly. So. If she's not in the bar lineup, we're deleting this podcast and I'm going to become a fan of lacrosse. We're going to make it a lacrosse podcast. Why lacrosse? I don't know. It's just the first sport that came to me. Cricket. You want cricket? I have literally never watched cricket or lacrosse. Well, in you're going to start. You're going to start. <laughs> That's what's going to happen if Caden Squarmley is not in that bar lineup. You hear me? I. You think- hear me? the <laughs> arthur fist yeah you i'm know, sitting here making the fist. do you know what i'm talking about the meme guys yeah. with arthur oh they were asking me no, yeah, i know, I'm like I know. I know you know but i need the people to know what the meme is it's the fist <laughs> yes um okay anyways um i was gonna mention delaney rodriguez the freshman she got a 39.35 3. in her all-around debut her highest score of the day was a 9875 on beam and it was actually the second highest score behind rayla worley's what Rayla Worley. Reina Worley. Who is she? <laughs> uh, Reina Worley's twin sister, Rayla. Um, Reina got a nine-nine. Reina did amazing in the all-around. By the way, I think she's second in the all-around. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, Reina is tied for second in the all-around with Faith Torres behind Haley Bryant. So love that for them. Really, I have to say, this Kentucky team, it's their freshmen, along with Raina Worley, that I'm most impressed with. This freshman class is going to be amazing for Kentucky. Delaney Rodriguez doing so well on the all-around her first meet. No signs of nerves. She was just, like, cool, calm, and collected. Cadence Gormley, like we mentioned, has so much potential. Kreslin Bros on floor. I said her name weird. Kreslin. (laughs) And I tried to, like, cover it up. And And you're like, I gotta acknowledge that I just fumbled that. Kreslin Bros. Loved seeing her on floor. She's fun. I I love love her. I think that she's gonna be, like... Just like a firecracker. That's the word that came to my head, too. She's such a firecracker. I love her. So (laughs) I love all of these Kentucky freshmen. I am like genuinely so excited about this Kentucky team. So am I. If you are not already afraid of Kentucky, now is your time to start being afraid of them. I think they are coming for all your faves. (laughs) I think that this is going to be a really good year for Kentucky. I'll just say that. Period. And I think the freshmen have a lot to do with it. So excited to see just how they continue to look as season goes on. I think it's going to be amazing for them. Okay, Michigan State. Michigan State. I'm gonna throw up in the best way possible. Why? Because I love I'm I love Michigan State. Oh, I, I love them. Too. I'm happy for them. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm happy for them that they beat Michigan. They had a nervy day, so I think they are not gonna be fully happy with their performance. That's fair. I just I know Mike Rowe was super giddy about beating Michigan. <laughs> he loves it. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> him and his like. Sunglasses and his pink suit, he was styling and profiling he, at the Mean Girls preview. He showed up like best dressed, honestly. Like give him the award. <laughs> he looked good, and like you said, he. I know that beating Michigan means a lot to them. Yeah, just for even their confidence, like yeah, for, for the second year in a row. Well, I, they beat Michigan in the regular season last year. This me, I saw people on Twitter talking about this, and unless I'm Misunderstanding. I guess maybe we can use this as an opportunity to clarify. This will not count towards the Big Ten regular season. No, you asked me Uh, that yesterday, and I told you that. I know, bitch. People are confused though. Are you doubting me? No, I'm not. I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. That motherfucker is not Not real. real. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. We're um in a goofy mood today. If you can't tell, what was I saying? You saw on Twitter you, what people were I'm questioning saying, what you were also questioning. Yeah, it's a valid question to ask. I'm just reporting the information that this, as far as we're aware, does not count towards the regular season. Yeah. So Michigan will face each other like Mich- in the regular season, and the- that counts for yes. so the Michigan regular season. So Michigan State will come to Michigan, and that will be the meet that determines the regular season. It's just FYI. Um, But like I was saying, I think for Michigan State to beat Michigan last year in the regular season... Michigan won Big Tens, and then to start this season with an MSU victory over Michigan, I think is going to be huge for their confidence. I think they're looking for... The team is looking for, like, a little bit of validation yeah. that they're those girls. And I want – they. I think that they want to know and to feel that they're, like, Up there. the top or one of the top teams in the Big Ten And I think in the last couple of years, they, they know that they're one of the top teams. But, but like, Michigan has still always been, like, yep, that top team. I think they want to change that narrative. I think they want to change the narrative that, like, Michigan is assumed to win the competition. Or that, like, they are going to have to fight hard to beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um so I think anytime they beat Michigan, it's a little bit of validation. Yeah. And I know, and it's not in like a petty way, but I know they love it so much when they beat Michigan. Yeah. And it's not mean-spirited. It's no, just I, I, think I think it's, it's the just, confidence that they need. It's that they know how good they are, and they're trying to prove that not only to themselves, but to the world. They're trying to prove it to all the gymnastics fans. They're trying to prove it to, you could even say, the people at Michigan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they want to make a statement, and they want people to start recognizing them as – that team. So, this was a huge step in that direction for them. I think to start the season, even though it wasn't a good meet for either team, like Michigan yeah. did not do what they are capable of, and MSU did not do what they're capable of. Both teams have things they need to work on. But I think for them to get that W over Michigan first meet of the season, I think is just going to do wonders for their confidence. Yeah. So, they had a shaky start on Beam, and then they went to floor, and they had some mistakes on floor, and it wasn't anything major. Um, honestly, mostly looked endurance related, which isn't that surprising given this point in the season. It was like under rotated passes, kind of losing steam at the end of the routine, yeah. which that's going to get better. Um, and like from people like, say, Skyla Schulte, for example, like Skyla is like a 9 9 plus girl. No, she's not. She's the exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according to DD and <laughs> she was Jess. so confident. Skyla was the exhibition I'm like Skyla Schulte is like the number one floor like well one of the number one floor workers maybe with Nikki Smith in that lineup yeah for the past two seasons and she's like wow they have a full in as their exhibition I'm like nope this is their anchor that's national qualifier Skyla Schulte like (laughs) come on put some respect on her name hello um, Anyways, now I, I forgot <laughs> what I was saying. Sorry. Oh, I was saying that she's normally, you know, very consistent on floor, big scorer, and she was even under rotating her passes. So I think it's just like the first week, the first couple of weeks might be that way, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives room to improve. And I think that for a team like Michigan State, that's exciting because you can look at the potential. You can see the people that are capable of going 9-9 plus that didn't here and thinking like, think how much better we can be when everyone's in their A game. Yeah, 100%. I want to talk about vault because they didn't have the best vault rotation either, but... The reason why I think this is a positive is because for the first time ever in MSU's history, we saw a full lineup of 100 start values. Every single person in their lineup went for a 100 start value, and I think that you can tell by the way their landings looked that either it was a freshman who was competing in college for the first time, or it was a new vault. So like Gabby Stevens, new vault; Olivia Zarmani, new vault. We didn't see hers on the broadcast, unfortunately. I don't think we they- so. We didn't see Gabby Stevens either. I think we did i don't now you're asking me to recall after no all the we saw we, we, we saw gabby ortiz we saw Michaela Tucker. um i don't we think... saw gabby steven she over rotated it maybe i don't remember now either way new vaults in the lineup um who else is in? oh sage color man <laughs> how can i forget sage color man she got a 10 first 10 of her career first 10 of the season on vaults only the second 10 of the season period um, and well-deserved. It was a beautiful vault. She's so consistent. She sticks that vault every single time or nearly every single time that she does it. So it's... to see her get rewarded in a meet where the judges were being really, really harsh. Where the judges were being a little bit rude. Where the judges were being mean girls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is iconic status for Chase yeah. Kellerman. Like, she is now icon status for that. Um, So, so happy for her. And then Nikki Smith also did a 10 of start value last season. So those weren't new additions to the lineup. But like I said, between the freshmen and then the new upgraded vaults, I think that you could tell that there was nerves in that lineup. Yeah. They have not had the chance to really build confidence on that event yet. Um, I mean, Skyla Schulte, one of the best foals in the entire NCAA, wasn't even in the lineup. And I had a feeling that might happen if they were going the route of having a full 10-0 start value lineup. I think that's, uh, there's a possibility that she'll come back this season involved. It, I think they're going to give it a couple weeks, and I think that if some of these new one-and-a-halves aren't panning out to be a consistent score, even like Gabby Stephen, for example, I have yet to see Gabby Stephen really like drill that vault she's usually either over or under rotating it um and she's getting it around but it's not like i have watched gabby Stevens vault one and a half i should say and i thought to myself like that might not be something they stick with right because her full was so consistent and her one and a half at this point in time understandably is not consistent but you're only getting that like eventually i think that they we might see some of these foals come back you're only potentially gaining a half tenth by doing the vault and why even take the risk if you're going to au- give more than a half tenth in deductions when you could just do a full and stick it like her full was very consistent yeah and same with Skyla Skyla's is pretty consistent too so that'll be interesting to see throughout the season what they do with that and how those vaults evolve but I did notice that there was a lot of like nerves on that event but I was proud to see them go for the bigger vaults and have, you know, to, to join the club of all ten 0 start value vaults. Yep. Very, very proud of them. And then bars in general, I think for the way the meet started, for them to bounce back on bars, Delaney Harkness got a 995, Nikki Smith 9925. It was a great event for them. I think bars was the highest scoring event for most teams at this meet, mm-hmm. but they looked ready on that event. So I, I think what a way to bounce back and watch out for michigan state yeah keep your eyes on them we said it during our season preview for them but watch out because i think the michigan state's coming and i think they're going to be in the mix to make it to nationals and they're going to be just as in the conversation as those other top teams okay so moving on to michigan definitely not the way that they wanted to start the season similar to msu i think a lot of nerves we saw a lot of areas that they're going to want to improve um i do think that we saw a lot of new faces in the lineup which is exciting we've been so used to seeing the same people in michigan's lineup year after year and really for the past like three seasons you could say so Paige thaxton made her debut on vault Halen zabrowski made her debut on bars she's a freshman jenna mulligan she did her one and a half on vault first time doing that Um, beam lead off her debut on that event other than the exhibition And she's never done beam before. So I think we're seeing a lot of people stepping up in new roles and that can be really exciting, but also can be a little bit scary because you don't fully know what to expect. Yeah. And then also, you know, you got to factor in the meets on podium. They're far from home. I mean, they could still, I mean, depending on the person, they could still be kind of dealing with jet lag a little bit. Like Michigan to Vegas is a trip. Yeah. And we're not making excuses for them. I think that, like, they massively underperformed in this meet. Like, they are not going to be happy with this. This Mm -hmm. is 100% not the way that they wanted to start. We can only hope that they use it as motivation. Yeah. And they don't let it, like, get them down for too long because I think that they are a much better team than what they showed. And I think they just need to really work on building their confidence. I think that that's one of the biggest things that this Michigan team is lacking. And you could say they were lacking it last year, too. I think. That they put a lot of pressure on themselves. Cause when you watch them in warm-ups, even at this meet, watching in the background, they said it on the broadcast, like on Vault, for example. They were like doing really good vaults, sticking vaults in the warm-up. And that's not the first time we've seen Michigan do that, where they like do really well in the warm-ups, and then when it's time to compete, they get a little nervy. They get a little tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that is largely what we saw at this meet. And I'm hoping that it was just like a first meet jitters kind of thing, or like you said, maybe some of these other you know, the travel or the fact that they're on podium. Like there's a lot the fact that there's new people in the lineups. Like there's a lot of factors that could contribute to a shaky week one performance. But like I said, I don't think, we're not going to make excuses for them. I think they just simply need to be better. Yeah. And they gave a lot away on Floor, Vault, and Beam. Bars was definitely the strongest event of the entire competition Bars, Bars was great. Like I said, yeah. I think every team was strong on Bars and weak on Beam. Like, I feel like that was pretty <laughs> par for the core with almost every single team yeah. at the Super 16. But when you're making mistakes, and then on top of that, you're factoring in a little bit of harsh judging, Um, or like we said in the beginning, you can Call it accurate judging, but harsh by NCAA standards. Um, you know, it makes for a one nine five me. You know, routines that normally would be going, you know, say in the nine seven or nine eight range with some small little mistakes are going to go in the nine five range. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden. And, you know, that's something that I think is not going to be an issue probably going forward for the rest of the season. But they definitely have areas that they need to tighten up. And like you said, I think working on confidence and seeing themselves as a team that's capable of, you know, being a top team. I think confidence is a big thing that a lot of teams probably struggle with. But it's like really got them down the past couple of seasons. Like in the biggest moments when it comes to regionals or the national championship. Well, I mean, I think winning the national title – did put pressure on them to be that team. And they they manage it throughout the season. You know, the last two years, they've been a top three team consistently. And then they get to the postseason. And it's like something switches Mm -hmm. in those big moments. It's like, maybe they feel that now this is like where it all matters. This is where we have to deliver. Like the season is like a progression. Like all of it kind of combines together to get where you're going. Whereas when you're at regionals, you're at nationals, it's like this day is the only thing that matters. Whereas the season, it's like everything in the season kind of like adds up and matters. Whereas like, it's not just relying on that one day where you have to turn it on and do the job. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when they get to that point, is where maybe in the past they're putting pressure on themselves internally and then things go awry. I feel like it would be interesting to know like what goes through their heads before they compete. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder what messages they're telling themselves before they compete. I just think that would be really interesting to, like, have insight into that. Because I I think the fact that when they're training, they look better. Or even in the warm-up of that meet, anybody who's sitting in the arena can watch them stick a bunch of vaults or... You know, Floor, they weren't flying out of bounds on Floor in the warm-up I watched them on the stream. And then it's like they the, the competition starts and they're all, you know, they have a lot of energy. And it, it's like they just got to, like, they got to figure that out. They've been needing to figure that out. So I'm hoping that this season they can kind of just, like, the expectations are low <laughs> at this rate. Like, I don't think that people are expecting them to win the national title um i think that there might be some pressure with michigan state and the rest of the big 10 stepping up that they might not be the best in the big 10 anymore and maybe that's contributing to it you know what i mean like i think they're just putting pressure on themselves that they don't really need to i think that if they go out there and just do what they're truly capable of doing they'll be one of the best teams by default because their gymnastics is capable of being at that level yeah that was something that i wrote in my notes just that like, this performance is not indicative of what this team is capable of. This is a team that has, like, 197-plus potential for sure. Yeah. Um, when everybody does what they're capable of, when everybody's scoring, you know, the maximum that they could possibly score. You know, this is a team that's going to get in the 197 range, high 197s even. Yeah. Um. And that's going to put them in the mix to be in the conversation to make it back to nationals and, you know, see how things unfold, of course. But... Um, yeah, I think it starts with believing. I think it starts with believing that you can do it. It starts with getting experience in the lineups, and you know, as the season goes on, hopefully some of these newer faces in the lineups are going to continue to gain confidence and get comfortable competing under pressure, because that's all going to be important. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing for Michigan too is getting back some of the people that have higher scoring potential in their lineups. Like Kaylin Morgan is working her way back as an expect and is expected to be back um by mid-season hopefully maybe beginning of february yeah we're hoping we're hoping to get an update because we're going to be talking because we're doing commentary next week for michigan's home meet against stanford and so we're going to try and talk to bab and see if we can get any more like updates also on farah lippets yeah she's somebody that was expected to be in the bars and beam lineup and i think that her scoring potential is going to be higher than someone like a halen zabrowski on bars or a naomi morrison on beam Mm -hmm. so they definitely have some options i think just like little things that they gotta like heal up um, and hopefully by mid at and postseason, those athletes will be in and be able to bring in some bigger scores and also provide some depth for them. But looking at bars, like you mentioned, that's the event that they definitely were the strongest on. I was really impressed with JC's routine. She mm-hmm. got a 9.85 and two things that I noticed. One, she did a really nice job going for the handstands. Mm-hmm. And she usually does. Like, she's not typically an athlete that's like, you know, always like short on handstands or things like that. Like, she's a pretty solid bar worker, but for some reason, it really just struck me. I'm like, wow, she's really holding these hands handstand positions. It was really nice. She had upgraded her routine to a Takachev straight to overshoot. And I wasn't really a big fan of it. I thought that it looked a little bit sloppy and I didn't think that it was going to score very well. And I was glad to see that she took that out and is now going back to just doing like a bail the handstand and actually hitting that handstand position. I think it looks a lot nicer. Mm -hmm. And I think it translates into higher scores. Back her freshman year, she was competing in Michigan's lineup and scoring nine nines pretty consistently for them with that routine and now already right out the gate she gets a 985 at this meet that again scoring was kind of like not the greatest yeah. <laughs> so um i think that actually speaks volumes and i'm i was very impressed with her ability to go out there and have such a strong routine to start gabby carly and sierra all went nine nine that was great gabby and sierra on floor i think was a highlight sierra got a nine eight five that i thought could have been like a nine nine type routine and then uh, Gabby got a nine nine that I think, especially with the way the scoring, the way that it got towards the second day, people were getting like nine nine seven fives. Yeah, and I'm like, but Gabby only got a nine nine.
1: <laughs> right. So
0: it was at least a nine nine five. Yeah, but that was a highlight for sure. Um. Oh, Jenna on beam. Yeah, Jenna. I. I like her on beam and I I think I like her in the leadoff spot. She looks very calm when she's up there and she like takes her time with each skill that she's doing until she's not rushing. Yeah. And this is now between the exhibition and then this week one competition, two beam routines in a row that she's hit with no wobbles. Yeah. Like she had to step on the dismount and there's of course little things like, you know, feet, you know, little things like that. Like she doesn't have the most perfect execution, but like. In terms of, like, the skills that she's doing and how well she's doing them, she looks confident and- She's two for two right now. Yeah. No wobbles. So she only scored a 9-8 at Super 16, which I thought was a little bit low. But I think that, like we mentioned, I think throughout the season, we'll see that score go up a little bit. At least we hope. Um, But I think the biggest thing is they found somebody who can really set the tone for this lineup. Yeah. And she's just calm. She's not like nervy looking. And I think the fact that she's new to this lineup and she's able to really like attack beam with that level of confidence. I'm kind of like, where has she been all her life? You know, mm-hmm. like, why has she not been? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Why has she not been in this lineup? Well, I think think confidence and consistency, maybe in the past, but she's showing it now, so I'm here for it. So I think those were some of the highlights for Michigan. I am hoping that they will come out stronger week two. I have faith in them. Obviously, we know that we're Michigan fans, so we might be a little bit biased, but... we've seen this team train and we've seen them now in two exhibitions, two exhibitions that went like over one nine seven. So I think that the one nine five is or whatever they got one nine five. It was a high one nine five, but I think that was just a lot of nerves and kind of an uncharacteristic shaky start for them. At least I hope, Um, I hope that they can go out there and you know, I think we, I think we got to like let them cook a little bit. That's kind of how I feel. I think there's some new faces. I think that, they're trying to figure out, you know, who who's stepping in, um, how to maximize their scoring potential with some of these new freshmen and, you know, getting some of those athletes back from injury, like you mentioned. So um, I think it's going to be a slower start than what we've seen from Michigan in past years. But I also don't think that's a bad thing. You have to remember that the last two seasons, Michigan has come out the gate really since they won the national championship really strong to the point that a lot of people were like concerned by it. Like... Are they going to be able to sustain this high level going like 197, high 197 right out the gate? And so I think now we're seeing Michigan start a little bit slower and with a lot of room to improve. And I don't think we should view that as like a bad thing necessarily. In theory, this is what a lot of people have wanted. People have wanted to see new people in lineups and they've wanted to see them start slower and pace themselves and really build. So that's how I'm choosing to look at it. Like they literally – have nowhere to go but up. Like, they, they, unless they, like, absolutely crumble, which I don't think they will, they are only going to go up from here. Yeah. In terms of their performance and also their confidence. I agree. I agree. I think, um, take, take the Super 6 team with a grain of salt. For all the teams, honestly. Um, In terms of like the potential, I think we did not see, aside from Oklahoma, which I mean, th- there's still room for Oklahoma to improve as well. But yeah, that's a terrifying um, thing. Yeah. But what you saw at Super 16. Is not really indicative of the potential of Michigan. And I wouldn't other teams. even. I would extend it beyond that. I wouldn't even say Super Sixteen. I think it's very much just Week One energy. Like I yeah. think that you cannot. Like we said at the very start of this episode, I think that for any of these teams, whether it's LSU, whether it's MSU, Michigan, Cal, UCLA, you know these teams that kind of had shakier starts, we can't look at that Week One and be like. Oh, this team isn't gonna make it to nationals, or they're not gonna make the final four, or you know they're gonna be last in their conference, or you know whatever it may be. I think you gotta give people time. I think that when we start to get to like the mid-season point, that's when you really kind of see things take shape, and you start to see the health of the team, the depth of the team, the consistency and the confidence of the team, and that's really the point where you start to think like, this is, is gonna be good or this is gonna be bad. Right. But like week one is just like. In my opinion, it's nothing but week one it's too soon to like really for any of these teams have an idea of like what their season's actually gonna look like yet yeah. you can start to have red flags and you can have concerns I'm not saying that I have red flags I have concerns about a lot of things <laughs> but I also have some faith you know and yeah. i'm gonna I'm gonna let them cook a little bit for all of these teams we're gonna let them cook. Okay, moving on to session three. We watched a little bit of it, and then we ended up getting distracted with things. Um, but we have the results from session three of Super Sixteen. So Minnesota came out on top with the one nine six eight five. That's the sixth highest score in the nation currently. They're tied with Cal and Denver. Also first in the Big Ten. T <laughs> did not expect that. No. If there was anything <laughs> that I expected, it was for sure going to be Michigan or Michigan State leading the Big Ten after week one. Not Minnesota. And maybe Ohio State. Or <laughs> Iowa. Maybe Iowa. But, like, I definitely... No, I know. Well, I guess, yeah, never mind. (laughs) They they didn't compete. You're right. But, like, I feel like they have the potential to, like, be a good team. Yeah. But, like, and Minnesota does, too. But, like, I think that there was a lot of unknowns with Minnesota. They have a big freshman class. A lot of people returning from injury. So, I think I just genuinely didn't know what to expect from them. They said watch out. And it was definitely not them being sixth in the nation after week one and number one in the Big Ten. So, well, we should also... Say as well, just in case something changes, and don't necessarily think it's going to, but we're recording this on Sunday around noon. Um, so there are meets that are still going to be happening, but all of the quote unquote top teams have gone. So I'm just saying that in case, like, watch Eastern Michigan come out and like listen, (laughs) I'd be happy just in case, like, if Eastern Michigan winds up in fifth and that pushes Minnesota down, could you imagine how chaotic that would be? I would love it, (laughs) I would be a prideful Eagle alumni. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just wanted to say that just in case. No, that's fair. That that's would be fair. embarrassing if we were, like, confidently saying Minnesota 6 and then, like, watch something happen. You know what I mean? So I just want to say that we're recording this and there's still... Basically, everything that has to happen on Sunday has not happened yet. Yes. So <laughs> leave room for this to change a little bit, maybe, but probably not. <laughs> um, The only other thing I was going to say about Minnesota um, on Beam, they looked amazing. They were one of the only teams this weekend that got through... Without counting a fall or like any major deduction. like they were just solid as hell on Beam. Yeah. Brooklyn Roray got a nine nine seven five. Her routine I remember watching her routine and it was it was really good. I yeah. liked it. So like Minnesota's on something this season. I think it's gonna be
1: better are they, are than they people on, expected are they
0: on to something or are they actually on something i think both okay no i should not say that it sounds like i'm accusing them of no no no, no. i just mean like energy wise like they're on something you know like so they're on to something sure <laughs> you sounded like you're accusing the team of using drugs i as soon as i said it i was like wait a minute but like they're on something like what are you implying they're on something like it has, like a phrase as like i a... i think what you're trying to say is they're on to something they are onto something, but they're, like, on something, like, big. They're on, like, a massive, like... All right. The question of the week <laughs> is if you think Brittany is accusing the Minnesota team no, of using Oh, don't start that, please. <laughs> I promise I'm not. Yeah. I was joking. I was joking. I'm just messing I'm, with you. I think they, they did amazing, and I think that they are... You were complimenting them. Yes. They're onto <laughs> something. Is what I was trying to say. I'm so sorry for making that a thing. <laughs> no, to, it's fine. I'm in the mood where I have to make fun of Brittany if she makes like even a slight mistake or if she says something wrong. I just, I take it and run with it. I think it's our first week back. We haven't recorded in two weeks. So I think we're just like silly, goofy, and like, yeah. Also, just like a, a lot of gymnastics happen. So I think mm-hmm. our brain is just like spinning with all this information. If you make a mistake, I am going to take it and run with it. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. Moving on, Oregon State got second with a one nine six five two five. I was also really impressed with them, particularly on bars. Bars has not been their strongest event, no. But with the addition of transfer from Utah Sage Thompson as well as their freshmen they have really turned that event around they're actually tied with oklahoma for the highest score in the nation on that event with a 49.625 so like did anybody have that on their bingo card no for week one because i don't think so like i don't think that any of us would have expected that so nope i and and helped to have jade carey with a 99.75 oh yeah jade carey did get a 99.75 the routine was giving a 985 um but it's you know welcome back (laughs) And that's no shade to Jade Carey. I just think that when you have her scoring the same as someone like Lily Smith, who we'll get to in just a moment, I do think it like, you know, it's, it's valid to question. Yeah. We should One be. One of these things is not like the other. Yes. You know, basically, what is that from? Um, it's from something, but I don't know. I just know it, but I don't know what it's from. Okay. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um okay and then Southern Utah was third with a 196025 and BYU is fourth with a 19575 so those are the results from session 3 and then moving on to session 4 Bama came out on top with a 197125 Cal took second with a 19685 Auburn with a 196 point six to take third and then UCLA with a (laughs) one nine six five five I'm sorry I'm laughing because I just was struggling to get that out so Bama I think I was definitely most impressed with them this session and not surprised because I really do think that they're Kind of underrated or overlooked coming into the season. Like I don't think in terms of of, like top team in the nation, like national ranking. Yeah, like inside gymnastics, we did our um like our preseason rankings, and we put Alabama fourth. And I know we got some private quote tweets. I'm pretty sure. Um. So like I'm, just, oh, really? I'm envisioning that people are making fun of it, but I'm like, just you wait. That's me being insecure. Like I'm thinking that like people are questioning that in particular. Right. But there was people on Instagram too, like that Alabama's not fourth, and I'm like, they could they, be. I'm you like, you take a seat. Yeah, they are. They absolutely can be. That's what I mean, though. Like I, th- I think that they're overlooked. I think that they're underrated. I think people just don't expect them to be as good as they're going to potentially be this season. I have faith. They in literally them. are fourth. I just pulled it up. They're literally fourth. There you there. go. I mean, granted, it's again week one, so <laughs> with a great of salt, but <laughs> we need to put that in a t shirt. It's week one. It's calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was impressed. I, I liked Alabama. That no, honestly is a good shirt idea. <laughs> <gonna be> like, <laughs> yeah. It's week one. All, all right. Well, we haven't posted, we haven't uploaded any new merch to our t public in like forever maybe we'll do that i think it's hard with nil now because when we yeah. first started making shirts we were putting athletes names and stuff on but now with nil i don't know if you can make money off of like, athletes names i do like the the idea of like it's week one calm down <laughs> and then everyone would just wear it during week one and then they would never put it out like it would stay in the closet let for the rest us know of the if you guys want that <laughs> i think that's a good idea um, but, Bama, I think they look pretty put together. They only had one fall, the entire competition, and that was on beam, and it ended up being dropped um so lots of room to grow i think that's a theme as well for all of these teams like they nobody was maxing out their potential yeah um i want to mention the freshmen chloe lecourcier and then jameson sears on vault so they only did a fulls instead of the urchenko one and a half that they're capable of chloe did a one and a half oh chloe did do a one and a half yeah she got a nine seven seven five and she hopped kind of like off to the side okay fo- it, may have went out of bounds. Me, you're right To be fair though, it was late and I must have been out of it. She did do a one and a half. Jameson only did the full. Yes. Instead of the one and a half. Um, they also had Karish German in their lineup and she had a Yurchenko full and it got a nine nine. Yeah so that was amazing impressive yeah that was something that i wasn't probably i wouldn't have predicted that in their lineup who's missing from the lineup who did we think oh jordan paradise is somebody that a lot of people are like where is she uh-huh. she potentially might be like on injury watch and, and then ha- maddie Walgora can be in the lineup yeah and they had um corinne boone again was training a one and a half on vol in the preseason um so the, and then uh macari dog guy yeah is someone that and Shania Adams. She also she's I think she goes back and forth between the one and a half and the full, but yeah. the full um, is definitely more consistent. <laughs> so they have options for sure for their vault lineup, but um I expect to see a full ten oh start value lineup as the season progresses. Um, I was surprised not to see Jameson on more events in general, yeah. um, at least on Floor. Um, She was the like top recruit in her class, and she's like a multiple-time national champion as a level 10. She was a national champion at least once on every event, at some events multiple she's times. She's like quite literally like a million-time level 10 national champion. Yeah, she won in the all-around, I think more than she definitely did it more than once this past season she won like everything but one event i had to pull up our routine tracker like yeah to actually say that But i do know for a fact that she's a level 10 national champion at least one time at every single event and in the all around and we know that like that doesn't always immediately translate into college the way that you want it to so like they might just be pacing her along and that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm more hoping that it's not like an injury, really. Yeah. Thing. I yeah. Is what we're trying to say. Like, I think that, like, she'll be fine and she will be in li- more lineups as season goes on. I think they're probably just trying to, like, slowly bring her along. Yeah. At least that would be my hope. Yeah. That's um, what I'm hoping. As her well. foal is nice. Like, that foal can stay in the lineup if it's going to score well. Oh, it know? was beautiful. But she just consistently competed at one and a half and scored well. On Mm -hmm. it in college, so or sorry, in level ten, so it was interesting. I guess I guess we just weren't expecting it. Well, she has a nice double lay on floor that I thought we would see. Um, so we'll see. I mean, like you said, I think probably just pacing her and kind of easing her into college gymnastics, which isn't a bad idea. I'd rather see someone be like slowly eased into it instead of just thrown in and then have them do something stupid and get injured or whatever. So, um, it was just a note in my head. I was like, Oh, interesting. She's only involved. Um, but expect to see, I would say, expect to see James and Sears in more events and bringing in those big scores because I think she's definitely capable of it. Um, other highlights, Gabby Gladio got a 9975 on floor. Um, that was the only score over nine eight two five in that entire floor rotation for Bama. Yeah, floor scoring was definitely funky. Yeah, at this meet, like I think I I think I mentioned it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, day one, so with Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State, and who was the other day team? Kentucky. The fact that only two people, Gabby Wilson and Jordan Bowers, got over nine eight seven five. That means that every single person in Michigan, Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Kentucky all got below nine eight seven five. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, just to think that entire floor lineup for Bama, the only the only score over nine eight two five was the nine nine seven five. Yeah, from Gladio. So. <laughs> so shout out to her. <laughs> um, and then I want to mention Louisa, of course, too. Um, she had a great day: 99 nine on ball, nine nine five on bars, nine eight seven five on beam, and then nine eight two five on floor. So. A good day for Louisa and a good day for Bama. I think that's yeah. a good way to start the season for them. They looked pretty polished, so I think they're, like, they found that sweet spot. I feel like that's right where you ideally want to be. You don't want to come out the gate, like, getting a 198 and, like, knocking everyone's socks off. I mean, ideally that sounds nice, but I think in terms of, like, pacing, mm-hmm. I think that they have, like, the right... The right amount of energy. Like, they they came out strong and they made a statement, but they weren't, like, too strong to the point where they can't prove it. Right. And they're already, like, maxing they out. They weren't using their full difficulty. There's still places that they can improve upon. Yeah, I agree. It's the perfect mix. And Cal, they had a great start as well. Um, They were awesome on bars. And all of the routines that counted were scores of 9.8.5 or higher. So typical Cal. I yes. mean, we don't expect anything less. Picking up right where they left off. Gabby Perea and Maddie Williams both got 9.9.5s. 9, 9, so that was great. Beam was shaky for them. And the judges went to town. <laughs> that was, you know, that at, at this meet. It was sad to watch. I was starting to think the Beam was cursed. Yeah, we were talking about that. Like, the Beam has to be crooked or something. Everybody, it was giving everybody problems. Andy Lee got a nine five five zero, which they ended up dropping that score, but then they had to count a nine six from MJ Frazier and a nine six seven five from Cesario. So mm-hmm. what I will say about Cal, they have this ability to like fight back like mm-hmm. no other. And that's something that I would truthfully say a team like Michigan is lacking and they, they kind of have been lacking, is that when you have an off-rotation or when you're nervous, whatever the case may be, and you make those mistakes, the way that a team like Cal responds to it is exactly how you want to respond to it. They went to floor and it, it still wasn't like lights out. Like they weren't like everyone's getting 995s type good. But like yeah. they were getting through it. Nobody was falling. No major, major mistakes were happening. Like they got through it and they went to vault and were lights out on vault. So like that's yeah. exactly how you want to respond in those situations to be able to build up that confidence. So I think Cal is another team that Maya on. when we interviewed her, and also head coach Liz Crandall Howell, they talked about confidence being one of their biggest issues. They feel like at Nationals last year – really kept them from advancing to that final four is that they don't see themselves as like that top team Mm -hmm. kind of like Michigan State even like I feel like that type of those types of bubble teams confidence is what gets all of them in the end they have to be able to go out there and perform like they are that bitch they need to perform like they are like they're Oklahoma you know what I mean or one of the top teams and stop viewing themselves as like the underdog um, and so I think that cal made a really good step forward in this meet because they had adversity but it's week one and that's fine it's the way they responded to it that I think is the most impressive and they deserve massive props for that I think that's going to bode well for their confidence and you know looking ahead to the rest of the season it's only up from here yeah agreed well said cal also had a little bit of a case of the wear of the freshman um <laughs> No freshman at all in their lineups. I thought for sure we'd see Kai Mayhew on vault. Mm-hmm. So she didn't do vault at Cal's inner squad meet. She did floor. But then now here in Vegas she didn't do anything. And she was there. Yeah. She's in photo. So I think Fingers crossed everything's okay. She doesn't appear to be injured in terms of like crutches or cast or anything obvious. Um, so maybe it could be just like an illness or something unrelated. Um, Something that we can't physically see. I'm hoping that we'll be able to see her at least in that vault lineup, like you said, before yeah. as well. I think that she can bring a lot to the table on that event. So fingers crossed, because we definitely drafted her several times. I mm-hmm. also want to shout out Jaden Silvers. So yes. she was in the lineup, and then they put her in the exhibition spot. And then they probably had regrets, because <laughs> she was the highlight of the entire rotation. Yeah, she stuck her Uchenko one and a half. Well, Miles on also stuck hers, but... Um. yeah, true. I guess to be <laughs> fair, Milo's on did have a good ball. But like I think I just wasn't expecting Jaden to go out there and stick it. Like, yeah. In literally her college debut. I don't know what the score was because she wasn't in the lineup and they probably mm. flashed it on the screen, but I missed it. So it I'm was imagining that it was over an I9 for sure. And I'm imagining that next week she is definitely going to be in that lineup. I think the fact that she was in it and they took her out, maybe she was having some problems in warm ups. Yeah. Um but hey, she handled it well in competition. And I'd like to see that in the lineup, so... That's all you can ask for. Sorry, hit my mic. (laughs) But yeah, um, that's something that I'm going to have my eyes on going forward. Auburn. Um, I think Auburn looked good, and... They showed, despite losing key people like SUNY Lee and Darian Goborn, that they're still here. I think yeah. that, I think that was the message from Auburn. Yeah. I don't think they were like over the top amazing, but I don't think they were bad either. Like I think they were kind of similar to like a Bama type vibe. Yeah. Where they kind of just like set the tone. Um, they looked solid and there's still a lot of areas they can improve and kind of just proving to everyone that they're still like nationally relevant in some way, because I think a lot of us, probably ourselves included, didn't really see them being like a top ten team. Yeah. So I think they made a statement. Yeah. Olivia Hollinsworth did great in the all around. She had all scores of nine eight or higher with nine nines on bars and floor. Um Julianne Hoff, the freshman, she did a nice Yachinko one and a half on Vault for a nine eight. And then a big full in on floor and got a nine eight five for that routine. Um, they had falls on bars and beam, but didn't have to count it, which is good. Um, and overall, I think it was a pretty solid day and, again, <laughs> more room to improve. And I think that's something that all of these teams are going to be looking to do as the season goes on. They have some people that are capable of scoring higher. that you know, didn't necessarily do their absolute best, like Sophia Groth, for example. She's, high, she's capable of scoring higher on vault beam and floor than she did in Vegas. She got a 9.75 on vaults. Nine seven two five on beam, and then 9'8", on floor. And she was a little bit hit or miss last season, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that she's got all the nerves out of the way and that this year will go smoothly for her because I think that she's capable of being one of their best gymnasts, if not their best gymnasts. I mean, Olivia Greaves, I think, is a big loss for this team. She mm-hmm. has a broken foot. I think that there's a possibility that by mid-slash, kind of like towards the end of regular season and going into postseason, that we can maybe see her on bars. Yeah. Um. Just... Depends on how quickly she can heal. With, it's such a loss, the, though, for them, because she was doing all everything. around. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that this was finally going to be the year that she was healthy. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I guess at this rate, we'll just have to hope for bars, maybe. And that is her best event. So, I mean, Auburn, I think they could use her on that If they can get her, they'll take her for sure. Um, Wanted to mention Cassie Stevens, too. She only got a 9.775 on vault and a 9.75 on beam. And when we all know she's a 9.9 girly in the all around. So... Mm. Um, did get a nine nine two five on even bars and a nine nine on floor, which is good. Um, but those are just some people that I think are only going to boost Auburn scoring potential. You know, when they're doing their normal routines. So, and then to wrap up Super Sixteen, we have UCLA. Um, I think it was an okay starting point. Definitely not their best. Um, they were maybe a little bit nervy, a little bit shaky, um, did go with some fulls in their vault lineup. Paige Anastasi can do a one and a half. She only did a fall. Um, Maddie and Nimi got put in the vault lineup instead of Caitlin Rosen. Which that was interesting. Yeah. That was a last minute switch. Caitlin Rosen ended up going in the exhibition spot. On vault and floors. She was only in the bars and beam lineup. I think that will change. Yeah. I think this is kind of what we've been saying. It's a little repetitive at this rate, but... I think a lot of these freshmen or these new faces in lineups, they just need to like find their groove. Yeah. Cause I think, I think Rosen can be an all arounder and probably will be. But if there was an event that she was like more likely to make the lineup than others, I would think it would be Vault and Floor. Yeah. So, so that was a surprise. I think that came as a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Um, she got a nine, either it was either a nine seven two five or a nine seven seven five. I can't yeah. remember. I think <laughs> it was nine seven two five on Vault. And she just had like a, a fairly large step forward on her vault. So it wasn't like bad. Yeah. Um, I think maybe just needs to build up some confidence on that event and hopefully we'll see her in the lineup. But so for vault they had Paige Anastasi do the full, Maddie Animi do a full, Emily Lee was doing a full, um and then obviously Shay, who got a nine nine five, a perfect (laughs) nine nine (laughs) five might I add. Love that. So those were the foals that they had in their lineup. And then they had Naya Reed go up with a one and a half for a 9.85. And then Selena got a 9.875 for her one and a half. We mentioned, I'm just going through my notes here, we mentioned Rosen. Maybe the biggest mystery of that meet and why she wasn't in vault and floor. Keeping my fingers crossed, though, because I very selfishly love Caitlin Rosen on floor. It's my favorite routine, I think, of all the UCLA floor routines this year. yeah. And good. I want that in the lineup every single week. And even if it's not in the lineup, I need video of it. So I do feel like UCLA is pretty good about giving video, even for their exhibition people. So yeah. I think rest assured you'll see her routine regardless in, in some capacity. All right. Then I guess I'll take it. But <laughs> um, I think I... it's week one. Don't stress. <laughs> I think that she will be in lineups going forward at some point. Other highlights: Brooklyn Moore's got a nine nine five on floor. I think one of the best floor routines she's ever done in college. Yeah, that was it huge. Has to be. Still doing the choreography that she had from last season. I wasn't sure if she was going to change it or not. Like Jordan, one of the years kept her old routine for Meet the Bruins, mm-hmm. and then when the season started, she had a new routine. So I wasn't sure if that's what Brooklyn was doing. But you know what? I'm not mad about it though. We didn't get to see that routine a lot last year because she spent most of the season injured. So mm-hmm. honestly, like I'm here for it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. She also exhibitioned beam. You said that weird. (laughs) She also exhibitioned beam. There you go. That Um, was a little bit shaky. Yeah. Not sure if we're going to see that in the lineup yet. I think she needs to work on her confidence and kind of find the routine construction that works for her. I think in the past when she's done beam, when she was a freshman, I remember saying that about her, like, She just goes for skills that I think people in college don't typically go for, which is fine, but you got to be able to hit it. right? Um, And I don't think she's proven that yet, which is why you're not seeing her in the lineup. But the only way to build that confidence is by going in the exhibition spot. So I think a smart call there to help build that depth. I think they're definitely missing Anna Pettererio and Jordan Childs a little bit on this event because they got like a 48-something. They were one of the teams that had like a beam meltdown and – I think Anna Pettereriu and Jordan Childs were two really consistent, steady athletes for them. And definitely at least had higher scoring potential. Yeah. And so that's not something that's easy to replace. So I think it's going to take some time for them, but I'm excited to see how they can build on that event going forward and, um, you know, seeing how they can kind of create some more depth in that lineup. I definitely think they have some options, but again, it's going to be the consistency and the confidence. It's the name of the game. Right. Naya Reed, we mentioned, got a 9.85 on vault. She also got a 9.9 on floor, so she killed it in her Bruin debut. Did everything that they could have possibly hoped for. Yeah. Mars of no only did uneven bars. Um, Frida Sparza was back and did uneven bars. Um, Unfortunately, fell on her dismount, but definitely a routine that I think is going to be a high scoring potential routine if she can, you know, put it all together. She does the wash. We love it. If you listen to our UCLA preview, you've probably heard us talking about that. Um, I think that has potential to be a good routine for them this season. So just as with every team that we've mentioned, it's another one of those things that we're saying like every single time, but it's just true. It's true. Honestly, Um, lots of room to grow from this meet so and not anything to take too seriously i i think that ucla is another one of those teams i feel like we just gotta let them cook i feel like they are replacing some key athletes i think they have a lot of big shoes to fill and they don't have an immediate solution for that you know what i mean they don't have someone that you immediately look at and think oh this is gonna replace all of jordan child's scores you know what i mean like I think it just takes time to build that. So really, really curious to see what they will do throughout the rest of the season and how they're going to be able to build on this performance. I think similar to what we said with Michigan, I think it's only up from here. I I don't think that for this UCLA team, it's, you know, I don't think that's going to be the standard for them this season. I I think and I hope that they will have a stronger performance next week and then also beyond. Yep. All right. So then I think the last meet we're going to talk about is NC State versus Georgia. Yeah. I also want to mention Mizzou. Which I can do that real quick. Oh, I it friend. was a quad meet and we didn't really we watched the first two rotations and then we missed I missed Beam. And then we both missed the last couple floor routines because we were going to get goldfish before the start of the last session of Super <laughs> 16. So um we didn't necessarily see like every single floor routine and I didn't see any of the beam routines. But wanna give them a shout out because they're third in the nation with a one nine seven one five, the top SEC team. Which also, like, what? <laughs> like, similar to Minnesota and the Big Ten, like, things that you did not expect, things that were not on your bingo card, and if you say that it was, you're lying. They look amazing. <laughs> and I just want to say, Mizzou, we see you. Hannah Horton, she got a 9-9 on floor. We did see her routine. That was the last routine we watched before we walked out the door. Us going to get goldfish for a meet is such a weird thing. It's a very childish thing to do. Like, that is giving five years old. Yeah. But, <laughs> Hey. You gotta do what you gotta They're do. They're good. I was disappointed that they didn't have the rainbow kind, but anyways. <laughs> um, Jocelyn Moore got a nine nine. I almost said Jocelyn Robertson, that's why I like it was like Moore because I almost said Jocelyn Robertson. But Jocelyn Moore got a nine nine seven five. Like I said, we didn't see it. I saw a video of one of her passes, and it looked good. I don't know if it was quite nine nine seven five worthy, but you know what. We'll take it. She's done so many amazing routines that I feel like her 10 on floor is incoming and I cannot wait. I'm just happy to see her competing because she was one of the athletes that did not compete at their inner squad. Well, that was Amari Celestine the year before. Like they always have one of their stars not not doing anything in the inner squad, which may be part of the strategy. You know, I'm, I respect it. So as long as they're healthy, they're doing good I think Mizzou is gonna be another one of those like sleeper teams this year where they have the potential to do some really big things and upset some top teams yep. if those top teams are not careful. So now going on to Georgia and NC State. So Georgia came out on top with a 1962. NC State finished with a one nine four two two five. And Georgia went from having a lot of depth and a lot of talent that could possibly get them back in the mix as like a top ten team, maybe. Um, but they've already had so many injuries. It was too good to be true. And I just now can't help but feel like they're just gonna continue down the same path that they've been going down the last For me, years. it's the fact that it's literally week one and they've lost so many viable routines. Like Routines that they wanted to have in that lineup. Well, they lost their two biggest all around gymnasts. I mean, Nia Howard, we knew that before we knew that at their exhibition. Yeah, huh? I couldn't think of what it was called. I mean, also, you're calling it an exhibition again. No, stuff. I've been doing so good. I have that's the first time I've done that. I think you said it a couple minutes. No, I didn't. I said inner squad and okay. I said it for Michigan, but that's because it is an exhibition for Michigan. That's fair. Okay. So they're against other teams. Somebody on Twitter told me that. It's an exhibition when they compete against other teams and it's an inner squad when it's within your own team. And that makes a lot of sense to me. It does make a lot of so sense. So I they, it's clicked in my head. Like I get it now. Okay. So I apologize I'm... for the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I saying? Um, we knew that Naya was out. We knew Naya was out before Georgia's inner squad meet. And same with Heather Parker, the freshman. Yes. They both were on crutches. But we find out right before, I think it happened in the warm-ups. Someone said it happened on vault. Um, before this meet Haley Dion went down with an injury and Kelsey Lee the freshman was warming up vault and also injured herself and Holly Snyder was not dressed who's also a freshman and Vanessa Denise is out for the season that that's another update as well yeah Vanessa Denise I don't think we have had a chance to mention that yet on the show so we have two – they are two all-arounders, Naya Howard and Haley Dion are out for we don't know how long. Um, Vanessa Denise is out for the season. There goes that beam routine. Kelsey Lee, Holly Snyder, and Heather Parker, all were freshmen that – especially Heather Parker and Holly Snyder, we had contributing on some lineups. So routines lost there. Definitely not a good start. No. And I fear for everyone that's healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, because now they're already – like, Setting themselves up to have to ride the athletes that they do have healthy yeah. every single week. So on vault, they, they only put five up, which we've seen this happen with Georgia before. Like you should not be in a position week one where you only have five athletes. That and is... I will say it's impressive that four of them are 10 of start values. Congrats. That is amazing. But what is going on? Yeah, I agree. Like, Someone call 911. We need to investigate. And by we, I don't know who we is. But like something is not... Again, call 911. Something is concerning... <laughs> And I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, it's actually, like, year after year. And just some of the stuff we've heard about that program. I'm mm-hmm. just like, what is going on? Yeah. I fear for everybody, um, but I particularly fear for their star freshman, Lily Smith, mm-hmm. because she is perfection, and I want her to just thrive and not only have a good season, but a good career. And I want her to reach her full potential and do what she's capable of doing throughout mm-hmm. her entire career. And I just think with Georgia, you can't trust them at this point in time to like manage that talent. Yeah. Speaking of Lily Smith, she did get a nine nine seven five on bars. Personally, I think it was a ten. How was it not? You can't have Jade Carey going nine nine seven five for her bar routine, and then have Lily Smith do quite literally the most perfect routine of the entire weekend and going nine nine seven five. She. Is so good. Her technique is like flawless. She's the kind of athlete that as long as she hits the routine, it's a ten. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, it's, obviously, it's not always. I but really think that we could have somebody with a 9975 NQS. and it's. Gonna I mean, be, and it's going to be Lily Smith. I mean, bars. it's possible. It was pretty much Miley O'Keefe last year on Beam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so look for that. Um, Addie Wall won the all around in her freshman debut, which is iconic love that for her and happy to see her back she was somebody that also wasn't at their inner squad Mm -hmm. she had some sort of like i think it was like a toe or something small to her foot yeah so the fact that she was back in the all-around and doing as well as she did is huge yeah they are gonna need that yeah (laughs) just uh overall though i think beam looked better than it has in years past for Georgia. Well, it started to, and then it started getting messy in the second half. Yeah. Like the first three beam routines, I was like, okay, like this is a new team on beam. And yeah, they then, looked confident, and then that went down the tube. It wasn't disastrous, but like not the best. They it could be better, and so we'll see what happens. They- the only other note that I have from the competition was no Jada battle on floor. She did the one and a half on vault, but she wasn't in the floor lineup, and I thought that was odd. Yeah, because she has a double layout. She did floor at their inter squad meet. And she did good. And she did beam as well, too. So it's not like I wouldn't think an injury thing because if it was an injury thing, she probably wouldn't be doing like vault and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, she'll probably be in the floor lineup soon with the way things are going. Like they don't already don't have too many options. I think she'll, I I think she would have ended up in the lineup anyways. I think it was just like, again, another one of those situations of like, what's the strategy here? Like something must be going on that we don't understand. Right. Because they didn't even have her exhibitioning, which is just like, odd. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't predict that. So yeah. That's week one. <laughs> <laughs> That's week one. And we've been recording for almost two hours now. So it was the first week back. Lots happened and a lot to catch up on. So I mean, it was a fun first week. Yes. And normally at this point we would do a question of the week. But honestly, with this being as long as it is, I think we're just going to like cut it here. Um. So yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed week one. Um. We will maybe be back next week for week two we have some stuff going on um which one of the things you should know about soon but i think with that we just have not a lot of time in the coming weeks so we might do an episode and we might not so just like bear with us through all of that but i love how you're going into like a full-blown intro right now or outro yeah all right
1: (laughs) bye guys
0: Bye. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we hope that you enjoyed the first week of college gymnastics. We're looking forward to next week. Like we just mentioned, not sure if we're going to have an episode next week. We should, but don't like 100% quote us on that yet. But if we don't and you fear that you're going to miss our voices, you could tune into Michigan versus Stanford on BTM Plus. Yes, super excited for that. (laughs) Because we'll be doing the commentary for that me. I know BTM Plus is like... Not the greatest thing in the world, but it'll be your first opportunity to see Stanford. Michigan Gymnastics will hopefully get a little bit of redemption from last weekend and you'll get to hear us talking. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure what more could you want? Exactly what you all want. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we're hoping that we'll be able to have an episode out talking about week two. Yes. So look forward to that. Also, can't forget to thank our Patreon supporters for making the show possible. We love you all so much, and we will talk to you all real soon. Bye. Bye.